Welcome back to Sissy That Talk. We are discussing episode six of RuPaul's Drag Race All Stars season five. With me are my extra special judges, Melissa Gabrielson. Hello. And Elliot Fisher. Hi. That was good. I liked that. <laughs> that was the right energy for this moment. We are going to be discussing the results of episode six of RuPaul's Drag Race All-Stars 5. Sometimes we also talk about previous episodes, so if you don't want anything spoiled, stop listening. Come back later after you've watched uh, all the episodes and you are caught up up to episode six. That being said, I was on vacation for a week, so I feel very strange kind of jumping back into this. Did anything exciting or fun happen while I was gone? Oh, no. gosh. Well, the world continues to slide off into the abyss. Mm-hmm. Um, that's pretty much where things are, I think, at this point. Ooh, and the abyss is, is deeper and <laughs> darker than we had previously thought last Yeah, so, okay. Correct. Uh, fake cool. news, the abyss is not all that bad. We'll be just fine. If you ignore it, the abyss just automatically goes away. Right. So and that's you don't need I to wear a mask in the Don't abyss, need to wear a mask for sure. Don't wear a mask. You know... I don't have anything really to compare it to because I don't go out that often here in Green Bay, except to the grocery store, gas station, stuff like that. But I will say, having been gone for a week and being in several new locations and having to go out and stop at gas stations to use the bathroom on the road and blah, 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 seeing a lot of strangers, which I haven't seen much of lately, very few people wearing masks, really disconcerting, like Often, yes. John and I were the only ones in a store or in a gas station who were wearing a mask, including the employees. Like, none of the employees were wearing masks. Now, the thing is, we were in northern Minnesota, where there are very few cases of, of COVID that have been brought in. And nobody questioned us. Nobody challenged us on it. But, like, I hope they appreciated the fact that, like, we're coming from a place that's having, uh, you know, our numbers are going up. And the fact that, like, we're wearing the mask is so that you people who have had, like, four cases in your entire county, you don't get it. But also, like, why isn't everybody just wearing a mask? I don't understand. Right. I agree. It's, yeah, like, going to festival in particular is frustrating for me because, like, I am maybe in, I am definitely in the minority in terms of mask wearing. I would say two-thirds of the people at least are not wearing masks at all. And it's just... That's not the case at our festival. It, festival is the only grocery store I feel comfortable going to in Sheboygan because all of the employees are wearing masks and it's the largest population of people in the store who are wearing masks compared to, say, the Meyer and the Pink Wiggly that are by my that I have to occasionally go to. And, like, I, I understand people feeling like they are in a place where they don't have to worry about it and that they are healthy people, but just a reminder, that's not why you wear a mask. Correct. Like, there are too many people who are carrying the antibody but are not sick, and that is how they are infecting others. So go to freaking Etsy, find a cute mask for 15 freaking dollars, support a small business, and slap it on your face. Yes. Mm-hmm. Send. Yeah. I'm going to get off my soapbox now because I'm a little dizzy standing up here. It's so high. <laughs> Yeah, it's just, it's so, it, it is so frustrating that it's something so little that you could do for the half hour at most that you are grocery shopping, like, would make a huge difference, and people just still flat out refuse to do it. It, it boggles my mind. 
It'll be interesting to see if now that the president has worn a mask in public, if people will change their minds. I feel like that ship has sailed. Yeah. Like they're not. It's. I mean, it's too entrenched. Yeah. Oh, it's too entrenched, and I think it will be perceived as like, well, he's just caving to um, the the mask wearing agenda, and he's doing it just because there's like outside pressure, and he just wants to look good. But we all know that it doesn't make a difference. Like that's, I think, going to be the reaction. Fun. So yeah, um, nothing. Nothing has changed. <laughs> <laughs> you wanted something upbeat and sadly we died i took us to a very dark place no it's 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 all good it, well, like i said it's the first time i've spent any significant amount of time like outside the house in a long long time and it was just very weird to be in a very rural area with a lot of people who just yeah didn't seem to be worried about it at all which is a bummer i mean i think you know it's great staying home yeah yes I, and I think what's unfortunate is those people in those rural areas are, while yes, they are somewhat isolated from getting it, I feel like they are particularly vulnerable, though, if it happens to get there, because they have less access to healthcare options. And if those hospitals fill up, like those are smaller hospitals, like that's, that's a real dangerous situation for them to be in. Yeah. yeah. Moving on to maybe a, a brighter topic, I hope, let's talk about RuPaul's Drag Race. Yay, let's do it. Let's do it. So I am I am back in, in Green Bay. I'm in my new office. This is the first podcast I am recording from my new office. Welcome. Very fancy. Uh, so we actually, we get to listen to Rue tell us the challenge, and it's a long one. Yeah. So for this week's Maxi Challenge, my sisters, Rosie and Renee, and I are throwing a Charles Family Backyard Ball. Oh. And you're all invited. Oh. <laughs> I love barbecue. Hashtag All Stars 5. Now, y'all need to serve up two fresh looks. First look, tapping into my family's colorful Louisiana roots. Country cousin realness. You'll create an original play cousin persona and crash the party with a comedic backstory. Second look, starting from scratch. Y'all need to whip up some high fashion worthy of the main stage. But there's a twist. Of course. Michelle, tell them what materials they'll be using. Rue, the all-stars will be using items you find in your own backyard. Like tablecloths, lawn chairs, picnic blankets, hammocks, barbecue sauce, and more. The total value of this Charles Family Ball Showcase is priceless. Thanks, Michelle. Now you can use your own hair, heels, and underpants, plus materials from the FNS fabrics wall. So y'all better fire up your charisma, uniqueness, nerve, and talent, because company's coming. So they are attending a ball. And this is, uh, this is the thing about these balls. Like, it always used to be three looks. So whenever there's not three looks, I don't even consider it, consider it a ball. I sort of forget uh, that they are that. In fact, Melissa Antonio and I were having a conversation about that earlier in the week. Because Trixie won a ball at some point, And I was like, when? But she won the Andy Warhol ball, which, again, I don't consider a, a ball. She was wearing a can. Right, like she was wearing a can, and then she made one outfit. It was, it's just, these all-star balls are just a little bit different, and I guess 
the thing about them too, and this is transitioning into like how I thought of the challenge is like so much of it is about what is being said, what was written versus and and how it was delivered and the character that you come up with versus when they do a straight up ball where you just do three looks and you have to look fierce. So it's a it's a little bit of a, a twist on a ball that I, I kind of always forget is a thing that they do. But they're all invited to a barbecue. For you guys, what's your what's your go-to barbecue dish that you bring when somebody invites you to their backyard for a cookout? Melissa, start us off. I I always bring dessert, and it's always a theme of some sort, depending on what time of year it is, and also the kinds of people who are there. I, I tend to, to go for, like, a fruity cake sort of a thing. What'd you call me? Um... <laughs> I called you a fruity cake. Oh, okay. Because you've got a nice can. Mm. But I also, if I have to bring something super Midwestern, and I have, it is not possible to make a vegan version of this, but Snicker salad gets me. I used to love that. I got introduced to that by my roommate. Uh, Katie's parents made it once, and um, it is a beautiful, horrible Midwestern delicacy. God, only in Wisconsin can something be called a salad when it also has Cool Whip in it. Correct. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I think there's more sugar in a Snickers salad than a lot of desserts, and yet it's still allowed to call itself a salad, which I don't understand. But I get it. Yes, Uh, sir. Because berries, apples, and bananas. (laughs) We have recently stumbled across a... an amazing pie recipe that I think would become my go-to. It's an Atlantic beach pie. It kind of takes the idea of, it's you can basically use kind of any kind of citrus filling. So lemon, lime, grapefruit, anything, any combination thereof. But the crust on it is crushed up saltine crackers and butter. And then you bake that crust and then you pour the lemon curd in, bake it and then top it with whipped cream and sprinkle a little bit of like flaky salt on top. It is incredible, and it's ridiculously easy. It's so good. But, yeah, that would be my go-to for sure. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, right? I would eat that immediately. Mm-hmm. My go-to at a barbecue is I really enjoy beans, like different types of mixed like mixed beans. I don't know what this dish is called elsewhere, but, like, my mother-in-law calls it calico beans. Uh, and she actually made some this week when we were up by her. So basically, it's like every cut kind of bean that you can think of all poured in a dish. Then you also cook off some bacon and fry some hamburger up and you mix it all together and add a little bit of seasoning. And it is delicious. Yeah. No, Melissa, it's so good. You're making it's, a face, yeah. but it is so <laughs> good. And, it, and you look at it and you're like, this shouldn't be good. And then you eat it and you're like, it looks like dog this food. Is amazing. Yeah. yeah, but it's so good. It's so good. Yeah. I'll take it's, your word for it. I will frequently like put a little bit on my plate and then if it's good, like that's the one thing I will go back and get a second mm-hmm. for because I'm like that was not enough the first time around. Yeah. And inevitably enough other people are scared of it that there's usually some left. And this is something I bet I could make in a way that you could eat it, Melissa, if I just took out the meat parts, like the beans would still taste good with just the the seasonings and maybe augment it a little bit. See, for me, the thing that better. pushed, it was the hamburger that pushed it over. Like I grew up having baked beans and my dad would add extra bacon too. 
but like the hamburger I, I don't know about that so good yeah. i swear i swear yep. um i won't i won't even be able to make it for you to prove it to you because i know you can't eat it but the hamburger it's just a little bit of hamburger mixed in with all your beans and it does it just adds that meatiness that's yeah delicious it's just a little bit are we all hungry because i feel like we're talking about this very seductively <laughs> and like I'm sitting next to a bag of cherries I was eating for breakfast, but I also legitimately have a pie in my kitchen right now, and I kind of want to just mute myself and go eat a slice of pie. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Only if you can deliver two slices magically to Elliot and I at the same time. Yep. Yeah. Nope. Um, Didn't work. So uh, were there any other general thoughts you had about the challenge before we start talking about the queens individually? I, I agree with you on the two looks thing being kind of just like meh, like I really wanted a third as well. And I, for some reason with this one, I noticed with the country cousin part of it, the voiceovers just seemed kind of weird to me at this point. Like I know that that's how it's always been done, but I was kind of like, we have the technology to mic these queens. Why aren't they just like narrating themselves like as they walk down the run? It just, yeah, it, it, this one struck me as odd, and I had never really noticed it before, but this time I was like, oh, this is a little bit weird. I think it would have been awful to have to be the people sitting at the picnic tables on the stage where there's not any actual food that you're eating. So you're just sitting with a bunch of other extras and RuPaul's <laughs> sisters, and, you're not, and there are people who didn't even have good, like, viewpoints. They're sitting, like, with their backs. I'm like, this would this would have been cute for, like, one... Of, like just for the cousin part and then let them off the stage but they made them sit there the whole time yeah. that's so long and so boring yeah that was that would have been a, a rough also, audience interaction yeah having and slash currently being in a sort of redneck upbringing there were multiple characters in here who i was like i know that person <laughs> <laughs> like legitimately <laughs> Like, I was like, yeah, I've got a version of that. I know, I know her. Well, then you'll be our expert on, on whether or not they felt authentic to you. Great. <laughs> uh, well, let's jump into talking about the queens. I think it's my turn to go first again. It so is. So up first was Ms. Cracker, who came out as Jocelyn Opal Rose. And I got to just like, I, I don't know that I have a fun take on this because I think it's usually more fun to be kind of like shady. And I just really liked everything she did. I liked the outfit. I liked the acting. I liked what she wrote as the character. I thought she was so funny. She found the exact right tone for what the challenge was and, and then delivered it perfectly. This is where Elliot, like, I don't know that her performance could have been as strong if she also had to be saying it out loud. Because her facial expressions when she was saying some of, of her lines were what really sold it. And it was the stillness with which she just stood there and did the look and, like, looked straight into RuPaul's eyes that I think was part of, of, part of what sold her performance for me. I think she also understood for the runway look, this, I guess the second runway look, the one they had to create, that it didn't so much have to be high fashion, as RuPaul said, but that what they're really looking for is like, one, use the unconventional materials 
And two, just make sure that it looks clean and fits your body. And, you know, it, it's in the details. She had a lot of really great details in her outfit, but it wasn't, you know, avant-garde. It was just a nice outfit that was well-constructed and fit her well. And for me, the other thing she did that I'm going to count it as part of my judging because it happened on the runway was when she immediately thanked Shay for her help. It felt, it felt like that was the the right thing to do. And like, there was no question in her mind. If she was getting props for her outfit, she was going to make sure that the judges knew that Shay helped her and, and she did that. And so she walked away far and away. My number one, as soon as I was done watching the challenge, I knew who my number one was. It was cracker. Everybody else I had a harder time with, but Cracker was my number one. All right, Melissa, you're up next. I'm pretty sure that you would go next. Okay. Yeah, the the just, like, hefty bag of potato chips made me laugh immediately when she came around the corner. I have been at family gatherings where people have legitimately brought that, but it's more commonly a bag of pretzels like that. The voiceover made me laugh so hard. But other people call me, you've got a lot of nerve showing your face here. Yeah, that's a that's a real. My favorite detail was she had a little like cigarette stuck in her cleavage. She never pulled it out or did anything with it in the editing at least. But like just seeing it there made me laugh so hard. Again, because I have been around women who will keep like one or two cigarettes just tucked under the bra strap of them <laughs> and then just pull them out. Normally they're Virginia Slims. But yeah, I just thought, it made me laugh so hard. I, I know that woman. <laughs> she is one of my uncle's ex-girlfriends. She's a person. As for the eleganza, I loved it. I do think she should have taped the top down a little bit because of how much the skirt was like pushing it around. But it's a silhouette she's worn before. She knew it was going to work. It was great. Every little detail down to the, to the shuttlecocks on the shoes. Also, did you call it a birdie or a shuttlecock? Both. Birdies. I didn't know it was a shuttlecock until we played badminton in middle school. But it was always a birdie up until then. But now it's definitely a shuttlecock because it's funny to say. But yeah, I like there wasn't a ton about this week that was super competitive against Crackers. She just, again, like you said, Kurt, she walked away with it. She got my one handily. and. I was just like proud. Like when, when she won, I was like, oh, I'm so proud of you. Yeah. So yeah, easily my one. Uh, okay. So for me, I thought I, I agree with a lot of what you said. I think there were, there's one issue, I think for me in the country cousin, I thought the vocalization seemed a little bit forced. I think she didn't have to add that extra inflection to make it funny. I will agree that her nonverbals and her expressions as she was telling the story were much better than everybody else was. So I think she took advantage of that situation. I appreciated with her country cousin luck that her makeup was much more understated. I think knowing that she was kind of the country cousin, like she didn't go full out drag. And I was like, this is exactly appropriate for what you are doing right now. So that was fantastic. I agree with Melissa. I, my one critique of the of the eleganza look was that that top just didn't seem to fit her, and you could tell from how she was standing, she was trying to get it to not get all bunchy in the front. And then after hearing what the material was, it makes sense. Like it's hard to get that material to do what you want it to do. But that was really my only dig on uh, Cracker in terms of the eleganza look. I thought for a backyard barbecue eleganza, it was 
exactly what the situation called for. Um, she got my two, though. Okay. Now I'm really curious. I'm excited to see who Elliot picked for his one. So up next was Jujubee as Ping, or as everybody calls her, Amber. 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 Again, like, to me, Jujubee got the challenge. She understood what she was supposed to be doing. She knows how to make a joke. She knows how to deliver a joke. And she knows how to use her face to make sure that the joke is being received in the spirit in which it was intended. Oh, Melissa's throwing crap around. Don't mind her. her. You know, to me, her Asian bestie was entertaining, but it wasn't for me laugh out loud funny. Like, I actually laughed out loud at Cracker. I didn't laugh out loud at, at Ping, but I did find her entertaining. Part of it, too, is I wonder if because they talked about the potato salad and the MSG during the the walkthrough, like that was already in my head. So for me, as a viewer of the show, that was a repeated joke, but may have been very funny if I had never heard it before, as most of the judging panel had not. And I am obsessed with that giant hat. I would wear that in real life. <laughs> if we find that hat somewhere, I will buy it. I will wear it in real life. I think that's fantastic. Just like to be able to cut other people off with that much Melissa's making a note about the hat. <laughs> We're both. So the one thing about the look on, on the country cousin is like, I couldn't tell if the top was that supposed to be like a nude illusion or was it just a pale pink? I didn't, the color of the top, I didn't quite understand. So that, that was my, my biggest ding for her, for her cousin, country cousin look. The runway look was very simple but I thought it was fun. I think if you don't know how to sew, this is how you make an outfit on RuPaul's Drag Race. You do the simple tube dress and then you dress it up. Uh, use a bold color, dress it up with a lot of cute, fun things that can be hot glued on. Again, for me, sometimes these fashion construction challenges aren't so much about what the final product looks like, but how you use your skill set and the materials that are put in front of you to put something out on the runway that looks better than decent, you know? And I think for the most part, she achieved that. I, you know, yes, the seam didn't match and there were some issues there. Yes, absolutely. That certainly was taken into consideration. But overall, for me, she got my two. Okay. I Immediately when she walked on the runway, I was incredibly distracted by the fact that the left ankle strap on her shoe was not attached. And I... Could not stop staring at it. I did laugh out loud when she did that, but people in the family called me. That made me LOL. I also did not like the top. I really wish she had just been wearing like a tube top, like a Walgreens $4.99 tube top. And she was also wearing gigantic pageant earrings, which did not make sense. The note that I was making about that hat, though, is that Trixie Mattel wore that hat like two years ago video and it becomes this great just like physical gag that she's doing bits in the video with i'll post the link in our chat i would also wear that hat because that's the amount of sun coverage that i need <laughs> as a pale person that i am the eleganza look was pretty sloppy but it was also cute like i would obviously wear that outfit i would also probably make it at a similar level of execution but i really 
I did not like the hair color that she chose. I feel like it was just too far off from the rest of the coloring that it didn't look totally together, which was really disappointing for me. And Jujubee got my three. I'll admit, I don't remember what her hair was doing. What color was it? It was like a like, like a dusty, mauvey sort of pink color. Oh, and the, like, yeah. the quality and everything was great, but it just wasn't, especially right next to that like raspberry uh, ruffle, it just looked off. Okay. I think <clears throat> Juju's story for me was hilarious. Like starting off with, sorry, I was late. I didn't want to be here. Like, that <laughs> yes. was incredible. Uh, and the idea of like, my name is Ping, which is an exceptionally easy name to say, but your family still insists on calling you Amber because they can't say your Asian name. I was like, oh my God, this is real life for so many people of Asian descent. <laughs> so like that, I was literally laughing out loud and not just like chuckling to myself. Like that moment was amazing. Uh, the story was funny. I thought, I agree with the the critique on this, on the top of her outfit for sure. But I think she was smart to not do something that would be super distracting to take away or compete with the hat. Like the hat was clearly the story. And so keeping the rest of it pretty simple and basic, like made the hat the star. And it certainly was. The end of her little story was a little bit like meh. In terms of her backyard eleganza, I I couldn't tell from afar that it was so sloppy, but I thought she had some great elements in there, like the, the bracelet and the earrings that were all like the spoons that she had constructed together was a cool idea. I think my big critique of the dress itself, the length on it just seemed odd to me. I I think it needed to be a little bit shorter. I would have liked it to have ended just below the knee and not further down. So I think it could have been hemmed a little bit more and not quite as long. Still overall, I thought she did a great job with the challenge and Jujube got my one this week. Yeah, awesome. I don't, yeah, and this is this is the thing. To me, like, I I thought there was a clear one, but I totally get Juju Bead also doing really well uh, in this and challenge. I totally get Cracker getting the one, for mm-hmm. sure. Like, I, I totally can see it, yeah. And I will admit, and maybe I should have said this up front, too, I feel more qualified judging and critiquing the written and performed portion than I will ever feel critiquing a quote-unquote high-fashion eleganza look you've watched so many seasons of project runway though yeah but even on project runway sometimes i'm like i don't get it (laughs) i was like i thought the person who went home had a really great look and i thought the person who won i didn't get it (laughs) you know so but some of my project runway knowledge will be coming up as we talk about the third queen blair st Clair. hey i said it right this time I was looking at my page. I knew what her name was. And she played uh, a character called Darlene, also known as Stinky, which you guys know how I feel about fart and burp jokes. So you knew, you know how, how I loved that. Here's the thing about Blair for me. She's just not funny. I've never found her funny. So... I, the other thing I struggled with with her is that she seemed to think, well, she said outright that she felt this was her challenge to lose. Like this was a, a Blair St. Clair challenge. But to me, what that says is that she misunderstood the point of the challenge because she heard high fashion and then proceeded to try to make everything as glammed up, 
high fashion, like approaching couture, because that's her frame of reference. That's her world. That's the thing she knows. She wants it to be very designer and kind of forgot about the fact that like, oh, no, this is a RuPaul's drag race challenge where they are making clothes out of beach balls and barbecue sauce. And that with everything you do in RuPaul's drag race, you need to have an element of humor. And she seemed to to lose that fact. Her character for me, the look of it was too glammed up. You know, the the high boots with the high heels, the shiny high boots, the very, you know, the beat mug. It was it, to me it was just like if 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 somebody went to NASCAR and then wanted to give somebody a makeover and then like proceeded to like you know, kind of like it just to me, it didn't read as country cousin so much as it read like NASCAR Barbie doll. Which, you know, is 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 a look, it's a choice, but it didn't get down in the in the dirt like some of the other queens did in a way that that allowed them to be funnier, I think. So I I didn't really like her look. I didn't really think much of what she said was funny. I will say I give her props for the baby daddy joke because I was thinking it. And if I was thinking it, then you know it's a good joke. But I don't think she <laughs> but I don't I don't think she said it well. Like I don't think it was written or performed well, but I was waiting for somebody to be like RuPaul isn't just my second cousin. He's also my baby's daddy. You know, something like that. Because also so much of humor is in the timing and too many of them were saying Way too much. It's like, keep it short and simple, guys. And then, like, this is the one where, like, I look at that, the Eleganza look, and I'm like, I don't know. Is this good? That was my Project Runway moment. I was like, is it? Is this, like, referencing something I don't understand? To me, what it looks like is tablecloths that were draped over a form, and then she stepped into them. Which, on Project Runway, again, they criticize people for doing that all the time. Like, it's just draping. It's just draping. There's no real design. So that's what I was looking at when I was was seeing her look. I wasn't seeing anything couture. I wasn't seeing anything super designed. And I didn't see her really using much of the unconventional materials in her look either. It seemed like a lot of fabric, which I think in in these challenges is a strategic error. And this is All-Stars 5 after 12 seasons. Like, you know you got to use the unconventional materials a little bit more than than what she did. And then the tights with the bare toes and the strappy shoe where you could see exactly where the tight ended and where the toes stuck out. I guys, I didn't under I'm traumatized. I will never forget the toes sticking out. You know that scene in center stage where all the ballet dancers take off their shoes and their feet are like beat to all hell because they put it through so much. I assume drag queens go through the same thing because they have to wear heels so often and they are beating up their feet, which is why I don't, I don't ever really want to see their real toes. And, and this, yeah. this just sort of reinforced. I'm just imagining uh, a queen with prosthetic, like, like a flipper, but for their toes. <laughs> oh my God, Melissa. I will cut that out so we can actually make that <laughs> because otherwise somebody's going to steal that idea. Yes. That's a genius. That's idea. genius. Thank that's you. millions of dollars you just made for yourself. We're doing it. 
I'll take ten. Okay. Ten dollars, please. <laughs> Melissa, what did you think? I'm I'm surprised I... to see I'm I'm not surprised. I'm happy to see that you didn't think this was a good look either, as you were indicating. I, I hated it. Like the tattoo sleeves looked so cheap. You would not be wearing those giant boots. As someone who is in her lifetime once, not necessarily because I wanted to been to an actual racetrack and seen professional car racing and the outfits people wear to that ain't nobody wearing those boots no one not even the women who are the sex workers there they're not so (laughs) you're not doing anything stanky again yeah the gas joke is super lame and the like physical delivery of those jokes was not good as for the eleganza Oofa doofa, I hated it. My wow. initial reaction was, this looks like the third attempt at a Project Runway look where you made something, Tim Gunn walked through, you tried to remake it, you came the next day and then made a third outfit and it looked like that trash garbage. It was awful. It made no sense. My niece would be able to make that draping a tablecloth around my body and I would look better than her. I also would be wearing no tights so I wouldn't look like a Barbie whose toes had been cut off. I hated everything about it. But I hated it a little less than one of the other queens. Okay. So Blaine St. Clain got my four. Oh, I didn't even say that Blair got my four as well. Okay. No. Yeah, four Blaine St. Clain. I didn't think that the story was that funny i thought some of the physical characterization was good but it didn't match the story as she was telling it i okay so going back to the whole like she beat her face like her makeup looked way too good for who she was and i think if she had somehow like addressed that in her story like i'm the country cousin i just got back from drag you with a diploma and here's what i learned like and it was just this amazing face then i think it would have made sense i think there's a way to glam up and I think a lot of like country women glam themselves up in a certain way that like they think it looks great, but it doesn't look great. And I think he could, uh, she could have done that for sure. But where she, was the blue eyeshadow? Where they was where blue eyeshadow and the excessive eyeliner on both the top and the bottom of the eye? That's tattooed like, on. It's tattooed. Like, on. Yeah. Yes, like there's a way to do that look and and be purposeful about it or justify a story for why your makeup looks so amazing. Like one or the other here. I thought her backyard eleganza look just looked unfinished completely. And I, and I'm with you, Kurt. Like is this fashion? I don't know fashion. So like, maybe it was good. I felt like EA, no one would wear this to a backyard ball at all. I don't think. So that part of the challenge failed. Second of all, I couldn't identify what elements she had used in the first place. Like there was no clear, like, oh, that's what that was. And so I think like that's two strikes in a two look challenge, like, boom, girl, you're out. Sorry. So she got my five this week. Totally understandable. Really, truly. So then after, after Blaine St. Clain, we had Shea Coulee, who came out as uh, Shea Quita, also known as Lil Kiki. I'm not going to draw this out. 
I was very disappointed. I didn't like either look, and her character didn't make me laugh. And I thought her runway look was too many things. Even the judges were confused. Their first three reactions were, oh, Mary, like a Virgin Mary reference, who invited Grace Jones, Grace Jones reference, and then here comes the bride. So it was three things that they saw immediately. To me, it was too many things. I was very disappointed. Shay got my five. (laughs) This was going too well. (laughs) I really liked her cousin look. I loved the callback to the character she played on her original season, Grandria. Also, like, having seen people wearing those, like, like airbrushed memorial shirts in real life. I loved that like reference. I didn't like the necklace she was wearing. I think she would have looked better without that choker. But otherwise, like I love the denim thigh high boots and the fact that she was carrying what in reality was a bag of hot Cheetos. I thought that was great. And then as for her eleganza, I certainly don't think anyone's wearing that to a wedding. But she looked beautiful. <laughs> Like, I mean, would I go to a wedding where someone's wearing chaps? Obviously. I've already been to one where both people getting married were wearing motorcycle chaps. I don't think I would see someone wearing them in a backyard, per se. But the execution of it was really nice. It all fit her well. I love the fact that her veil was a mosquito net. And I think that she looked, it looked expensive. Like, it didn't look cheap like some of the other ones did. And so, yeah, I, I really liked it. And Shay got my two because I love her. I love her too. I just didn't understand the looks this week. I just, I, I, I think if the veil wasn't there, I could have understand, understood what was under it better. I just didn't understand turning it into a wedding look. I, yeah, I think what also hurt Shay this week is that I think the other two outstanding performers, as in Cracker and Jujubee, did just a very straightforward, simple approach to this. And I think as a result, Shay's, both of her looks just so, look so cluttered to me and too much. I think the choker, in addition to that shirt and those boots, was just like unnecessary. I loved the call out to her season. I thought that was a hilarious approach on that shirt. The story got a little confusing and all over the place for me. Yeah, in terms of her backyard eleganza look, take off the veil, get rid of the flowers, and I think that look would have worked, but I think she made it more complicated than it needed to be given the challenge. And I think if she had just done, get, gotten rid of that, I think it would have been, she probably would have found herself like in the top potentially against Cracker because the execution of the look underneath I thought was pretty good. And I think the judges really want her to win, but I think they saw this and they're just like, we cannot give you the win on this one at all. So Shay was in my middle. She got my three this week. And I do agree. It was well executed. Like the look was made and fit her very well, but I couldn't get past the concept of the jumpsuit with the wedding it was it, the wedding thing just threw me. It just threw me. That's all. Like, I think that's what it comes down to is like the veil. I just didn't understand how it fit in with everything else. Yeah. And I, I think Shay is an, an amazingly nice person. Like, I mean, so many shout outs for like, hey, thank you for helping me out with this. I think she's a smart performer, but I think sometimes 
Like she just needs to go in and take something off of each of her outfits because a lot of it is just too much. And maybe and maybe that's her thing. Like maybe she's the queen who just goes a little bit too far, but I it just doesn't quite work all the time for me. So that's interesting because the look of hers I've loved the most this season was the the sparkly nude illusion bodysuit. Which And that one I felt was very scaled back yeah. and very yeah. Interesting. And even even her camouflage look, I felt that all of the elements were so cohesive that while yes, there was a lot going on, it was all that one pattern. And so it looked very put together, even though there are a lot of elements to it. I think when she starts to add too many different fabrics, textures, tone, like that's where it starts to get to me to be too much too busy and too much going on. And Melissa's shaking her head now. <laughs> I'm not mad at you, Elliot. I'm mad at Kurt. Don't worry. Wait, why are you only mad at me? He didn't like the look yeah. either. Because you ranked Alexis Mateo's <laughs> garbage dress over Shay. Like, Shay could be your four, fine. But the fact that you ranked Alexis's garbage dress over that is okay. blowing my mind. But forensics comparison here. We are in a five-person final round right now. Like, this is, like, top of the top, and you have to start getting nitpicky. And sometimes, like, one thing that someone does is just, like, yep, there's my reason to, like, to give you the five. So that that's how I'm kind of looking at it at this point. Like, these are all really good performers, and I have to kind of find different things to be able to, like, put my, my, my mind around it all. Yeah, well, let's talk well, about Alexis. I would be on the bus reading the power packet, seeing that rank, and then maniacally <laughs> laughing at how ridiculous I thought it was. But let's talk about Alexis. Let's talk about Kurt, Alexis. Tell me your deep, true, loving, endearing feelings for the outfit Ooh. she brought this week. Well, it's not endearing and loving. As I have previously stated, I had a very clear number one, and the rest fell into my bottom four. Um... What we've learned about Alexis through the weeks is that she has a cutting sense of humor when she's talking to somebody in the moment and that in that regard, she can be funny. It's why a lot of the queens, I think, talk about Alexis as though like, oh, yeah, Alexis is really funny, even though to me it never really translates in the challenges. So the thing I think she struggles with, and we've seen this before, is understanding how to write or deliver a joke. And so that to me was on full display as she was walking up and down the runway. I thought the concept that she came up with uh, was funny. You know, the concept of a housekeeper who's sticking around just because RuPaul owes her money. That could have been real funny. The execution was just not there. She also wasted a lot of opportunities for humor. Like some of her answers were just serious. Like I brought along to the bot to the barbecue, the coquita, because it's a really delicious Puerto Rican drink. And it's like. Well, that's not funny. Like what? Again, like was a producer not in the room to be like, oh, oh no, Alexis, we don't actually mean what food would you bring to a barbecue? <laughs> like that's not what we do here on RuPaul's Drag Race. So let's, and I did, I hated her green dress and, and wig. So the first part of the challenge for me was a complete fail. If we stopped right there, she'd have a lower score. I actually liked the red dress. I liked it from the knees up. So I liked. Melissa has muted herself so she can swear. I liked the bold color. 
I liked the use of the white in the the dress, like the kind of lower part of the dress that then mimicked like the plates and red solo cups that she used. I thought she used the unconventional materials in a way that gave her her traditional silhouette, which I thought was very good. I thought her makeup and hair were great. And then it gets down to the below the knees where the pool, the kiddie pool was, where I could see what she was going for, but it didn't look good. But then she lifted it up and showed off that kiddie pool. And I was like, props for, for using that and then also showing it. I thought that was very smart. So yeah, she got my, she got my three because I, I actually liked that, uh, that red solo cup look. I would just like to point out that never in all my times of disagreeing with Melissa have I ever muted myself to swear or blocked the camera with my hand. So I don't know that this reaction is necessarily I blocked the camera with my hand because my dog was licking her butthole. (laughs) But yes, I did mute myself to curse because I do a very good job of trying not to cuss on this podcast so that it can be family friendly. but I really needed to curse in that moment. I agree with Kurt that the concept for the, for the cousin was cute. I hated the wig reveal. It seemed pointless. The pink wig looked much better than the red one did. I don't know why you would try to reveal that. I thought her eleganza dress was garbage. I think that, like, what is, like, I didn't like any of it. I Her hair and her face looked great. But as Kurt has said before, they always look great. There's no need to comment on it. And I, I think that there would have been 13 other ways to better execute using that kiddie pool as some sort of volume on the dress. And she picked the worst one. Where it ends up leaving this weird gap and it looks really odd. And then you lift it up and you're like, haha, there's a kiddie pool under there. But otherwise, it doesn't look good. It's not, and where that trumpet starts at the bottom is not the right height for her. And when she lifts it up, you see like where she had like weights to keep it down in place. And then you're like, well, you could you could have put that, you could have put that under some fabric if it had to be that big of a deal. I think that at least with Blair's. She, like, believed in it so intensely that you're like, okay, you know what? You get one point for self-confidence, even though the outfit makes no sense. But with this one, I just felt like she had to have known it didn't look great. Like, there was no confidence in carrying it down the runway. I, I disliked nearly everything about it. She got my five. Shocking, I know. Yeah, not not surprised. <laughs> so the story for me was fine. I think there are better options that she could have done in terms of the story that she chose to go with, but I can't judge her on like what she could have done. Instead, I have to judge on like what she actually done did. I thought the the wig reveal, the first time around I watched it, I thought the wig reveal was 100% unnecessary. Then when I went back and listened to it again, the reference to her being in beauty school, I was kind of like, okay, I kind of get it. 
But even then the timing of it to that story was off. So then I was just like, well, then why are we doing this? Uh, it was like the moments in history, unnecessary visual aid where they have a visual aid just because they can have them does not mean that they need to have them. And so like the wig reveal to me was just absolutely pointless 100%. I think Alexis struggles with humor and this was just a great example of her, like you're, you're exactly right, Kurt. Her being biting in the moment is funny because she can like show that she's joking, but in this, like you don't know if she's actually joking or not. I, okay, so I'm, I thought the gown itself was pretty incredible, but it to me does not scream backyard eleganza. Like I don't know anyone who shows up to a barbecue in a full evening gown. Like that to me just missed the mark on the assignment there. And like, I know it's eleganza, but like other queens found a way to do elegant and keep it like backyard appropriate. And this to me just was not backyard appropriate. I thought the uh, idea of incorporating the kiddie pool in the bottom was a neat idea. I wish that there was a way for it to have been clear that that's what it was without her having to lift up the dress to then show it to you. So if she had somehow worked out a way to like have like a slit in the back perhaps so that as she turns around, like you see the pool and then it's like this inside joke of like, oh, haha, that's the kiddie pool. Like then I think it could have been much more effective. Um, as a device. And if the proportions had been right, which I think we all agree right. it was not executed well. The, the flared look was not executed well, even if I love the fact that she used a kiddie pool to try to create that look. Right. And I and part of me can't help but wonder if she got, she was so committed to it, she made it work, she incorporated it, and then put it on and realized, oh no, like this is not what I thought it was going to look like. But if I take this out, all I'm left with is some solo cups up by my neck, and that's not going to fly. Mm -hmm. So I have to keep going with this. And so I think, I don't know, I, I would like to, I, I, it looked cool. It was not great. So Alexis ended up with my four. All right. So can we, can we proceed peacefully? Can we... It's just fun sometimes to be angry because normally we're so jovial. Oh my god, you got so angry. <laughs> and I also feel like for the most part this whole season, we've all pretty much been pretty close on things. And I feel like this week, like for some queens, we're a little bit all over the place on this one. Yeah, usually where we disagreed on anyone. Usually we disagree on Blair. But uh, <laughs> this time it was Alexis. Oh. oh, Blaine St. Clain. <laughs> all right. Well, I when I went and peeked just to make sure all the tabulation was done correctly, I did see that everything added up automatically, so I don't need to do any special tabulation. Uh, so before we re reveal our, our champion of this week's final f five round, some other moments that you might want to talk about as far as the episode was concerned. I want to talk about Roxy Andrews and how she's here to make it clear. You know you love her big old butt. That's why she brought it here. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Oh my gosh. She was excellent in that lip sync. So, and I love when they were lifting it up. <laughs> they were like, only, like, who is it? Oh, it's Trinity. She's the only one who can afford ostrich feathers. <laughs> but, like, the reaction when she turned around and revealed that look from the judges and the fact that she was so... I don't want to say reserved, but she just wasn't 
she wasn't trying to like she wasn't trying to flip around and do a bunch of tricks and stuff she was just singing the crap out of that song and I loved it and I'm not and I'm not normally that big of a Roxy fan but I walked away from this being like yes it made me very happy and I really hated what Cracker wore to that lip sync that was an odd choice I thought very limiting in terms of what you can do I was surprised she did that yeah, why didn't she change her wig? She changed her yeah. wig for the last time she did, but for this one, she left it on. So she just looked like when moms whose daughters take dance classes get offered a dance class themselves, and that's what they wear to their, like, hip-hop performance. Like, and you're like, oh. Yeah. Cracker should have brought back the ponytail from the camouflage challenge, because... Really, like, they're not critiquing your look in the lip sync. So, like, bring that back. And then you have all sorts of, like, hair opportunity that you could have used. Yeah, I thought the choice to stick with the updo was, I mean. Yeah. Um, I also really struggled with the fact that, like, her, I don't even know what to call it, like, her spanks, I guess? Like, the, the, the tights that she was wearing as part of her body forming, like, were under the bra at the beginning, but after she moved, it fell out from... So then it was like... Well, what she did is what a lot of women... like Because they don't make a lot of stuff that's just one shoulder. So she had obviously just taken down the one strap on the one side that didn't have a top part and just tried to like tuck it under her bra. Uh-huh. And the first time she raised her hand, that thing popped right out. So, again, also very distracting. Yeah. But I did like when they're like, Are, is everyone ready? And she's like... Yeah, I didn't put on my spanks here for nothing. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, yes, that is a feeling many women have. We're like, I did not put on these spanks and all of this ridiculous undergarment to not go out and about. So what was the conversation was on the couch with Alexis? I don't remember this. Oh, I'm not done talking about Roxy yet. Oh, sorry. Um, I just I need to ask this question. Do you think that booty is all natural? I do. Yeah. I do. Okay. Not that I, yeah, I do. It's just, it's just very good. You know, she's very lucky to have, and here's, because here's part of the reason why I go through that is like, we, we know she has lost weight. She's been at this weight for a while, but she used to be bigger. You lose, when you have that lost weight, you don't usually get lucky enough to have your skin shrink back into like a lovely, form and it's a lovely form so i do think she was wearing makeup on her butt though. maybe and maybe that I was enough think that to, there's a foundation on it was yeah. it was just i like i was looking at that butt and i was like god that is just like a perfect butt i know and can that be achieved naturally i think that you can i think you can because there are a lot of workouts that are based around like keeping the peach or whatever it might a dumb term might be so i could imagine that she has done some work to tone it and maybe i can see her having gotten some not necessarily like plastic surgery but having done some sort of like i don't know butt facial <laughs> sure 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 to get her skin to look better but yeah it, it really is a perfect perfect butt yeah. well i guess we've we've put the question out in the universe and we will yes. we will see what comes of it no <laughs> There, there's just, okay, so moving on to something I just really, I need to talk about because 
it is such a micro moment, but that I related to so hardcore. Alexis and Ms. Cracker are sitting down, and, and this is what Alexis says to Ms. Cracker, and I want you to listen to Ms. Cracker's reaction. I know you and Blair has a great bond, you know what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anybody believe that? Anybody for one second believe that Ms. Cracker and uh, Blair have a great connection ba- based on Cracker? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm. I hadn't thought of it, but no, I don't believe that. They ain't friends. There's no way. There's no. I know that you guys are great friends. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That is that is the no of affirmative responses. See, I thought that you had brought that up because, like, so I'm being like, you're like, you know them really well, right, Kurt? And you just be like, yeah. Mm-hmm. I thought that you were pointing that moment out because you related. You were like, yeah, that's me. No, I just think it's the no of affirmative responses. Truly. Or that's the response of we were close at one point in time, but we have had a falling out. And we're just like trying to keep that between the two of us and not let everyone in the world know about it. Well, and they do talk about it because like Cracker thought that Blair was talking mad crap about her to other people and then called her out and Blair was like, no, you're being paranoid and suspicious. That's not what's happening. But yeah, maybe that's why that response was out. But like, and she wasn't trying to get, and I don't, we don't know how much of this Cracker even knows, but like Blair wasn't trying to get Cracker out of the competition, but she and Mayhem sure were talking a lot of shit about Cracker behind Cracker's back about how hard she was to work with and how they were able to be successful because Cracker wasn't there. So yeah, like Blair, Blair was definitely trying to utilize their friendship to stay in the game. And it'll be interesting next week to find out if that strategy worked or not. I'm anxious to hear because I was, I will be honest. I was shocked when they sent Alexis home. I was stunned. So clearly something was going on. Uh, I'm not, I don't watch on so I don't know if there was any backstory there, but I'll be very anxious to see how they explain and justify the choice that they made. Because I I thought for sure Blair was on her way out. I think she should have been on her way out. Yeah, I, I agree. I was surprised that it was Alexis. Although, here's here was my, my processing that happened very quickly when Alexis got me to eliminated i was like oh bummer like it's alexis mateo i really thought she'd make it all the way to the end but i didn't think she was gonna win so do i mind that she went home now i guess not and that all happened within like two seconds in my head the the other justification that i kind of went through in my brain in a short amount of time was i i think a lot of the queens were very suspicious still of alexis and they all kind of talked about it and I'm sure in their brains, they were thinking the week, like the week that everything went down with Alexis and Mayhem voting for Shay, they probably thought to themselves, was Alexis full out campaigning to get rid of Shay? No. But there had to have been conversations about getting rid of Shay. Otherwise, why did multiple people vote for her to go? So while we don't think you fully campaigned, Alexis, like you didn't come to me, you didn't start that, you were clearly stirring the pot with some people to get that momentum going. And that's reason enough to get rid of you. I want Melissa's thoughts, but remind me, you just triggered a thought in my head that I want to come back. Okay. I think that they went on report card because Blair has been safe 
more often than or like and then alexis has been in the bottom more yes alexis won a challenge and blair has not but blair has been safe more often but was alexis ever in the bottom before the whole everyone goes in the bottom i believe so i would need to go back to fact check myself but i don't and remind me which challenge she won like something earlier in the season they were talking because they were talking about it that blair was the only one who hadn't like individually won anything because she and mayhem technically won the design but yeah i didn't think i I didn't think either one of them had a win no because alexis is never lip sync oh yeah okay then never mind i thought i do think that alexis has been like in the bottom chunk more but i would have to go and look at you know the rupaul's drag race all-stars season five wikipedia page yeah (laughs) yeah i i i guess i thought the point that cracker was making is that they their report card was pretty even and shay and juju's b's report cards were just better but here's the thing i want to bring up and i was like vocalizing this as the episode was happening to john because it was shocking me but i was like why are alexis and blair accepting cracker's decision about who the bottom two are why are they not asking shay and jujubee why they shouldn't be sent home why did they suddenly get to become a jury they are just as liable like they are they are able to be sent home and that's when like i don't understand why you don't at that part point start scheming with the other person who's in the bottom two (laughs) Like, hey, Alexis, if you and I vote for the same person, at best, there's a tie. And we don't know what happens when there's a tie. Maybe we can save ourselves. But everybody, like, as soon as Cracker was like, well, I just think they have a better report card, so you two are the bottom two. It's like everybody in the room accepted it. And I'm like, why? That's not the rules of the game. I'd I'd be (laughs) such a freaking Ravenclaw. I'd be pulling Blair aside real quick and being like, listen, mommy. We got to we got to do something about this, okay? <laughs> but like seriously, it could have been a 2 to 2 vote and maybe at that point then the the winning all-star then pulls their lipstick and we find out and that's the tiebreaker. Maybe there's some other process by which you break the tie and then you you get to stay like or best case scenario, the other two people split their vote. You two voted as a block. One of the strong people goes home and you get to stay. Yeah. That's survivor right there. Why didn't anybody like I just I was so stunned that they all just accepted Cracker's rationale so quickly. But that being said, do we want to hear our results for this week's competition? Yes, we do. Um, In fifth place, we have Blair St. Clair. In fourth place, we have Alexis Mateo. In third place, taking home a trophy, we have Shea Coulee. In second place, Jujubee. And our champion this week, Ms. Cracker. Okay. Yeah. I have not watched all the All-Stars. Does it just go to top four and then done? Or is there no consistency in terms of when this process ends? There's been a top four the last two times, technically three times, because Roxy got to stay through to the last episode in All-Stars 2, but then Rue was like, no, you're not in the top three, bye. 
<laughs> you know, but that all happened in the same episode. So I, it seems to me like they're not bringing somebody back because this week would have been the week. Usually it's when, when half your people are gone, then one of them yeah. gets a chance to come back. So five would have been the week. It doesn't look like anybody's having the chance to come back. So maybe they will go down to a bottom three or even a bottom two before we find out who the winner is. Yeah. And I'm glad that they did not bring anybody back this season. So glad. Yeah. Although a part of me would have been real happy if Angina would have come back and just slayed it and had a chance to be like, see, I am good. And then could have gone home again. <laughs> like, I don't think anybody who, who goes out that early and gets to come back should actually win. But I would have loved for her to have a redeeming moment. I also feel like the producers have to be in Rue's ear saying two out of your eliminated five queens voted for themselves to go home this season. Like nobody deserves to come back if that's what's going on. Yeah. And I think it's also panned out that the people who have gone home have deserved to go home. Like I don't, there hasn't been an elimination yet where I was just like, that's not fair. Like I've been like, okay, yep. I'm good with that. Yeah. So we shall see. We have no idea how many of these episodes there are going to be. I think typically there are eight. So that's how much I've planned for on our ballots. We'll see if there are less or more. Sweet. All right. Well, if you guys want to, our listeners, if you want to be watching RuPaul's Drag Race All-Stars 5, you can tune in at 7 p.m. Friday nights on VH1. And then make sure to come back here after you've watched the episode so we don't spoil it for you to hear our review and rankings. And we will talk to you next week. RuPaul's Drag Race, who? Stop, Joe and Jess. RuPaul's Drag Race, may the best woman, best woman, best woman. Yeehaw! That was a great backyard remix. <laughs>